Welcome everyone to episode number six of the Tailgate Pod. Mm. That is the LeBron James. LeBron episode. James. LeBron James. The best player of all time. Um, not the greatest. That's debatable. Um, not the greatest. I don't think we have enough time. So just, best. just for the listeners out there, Riley and me, <laughs> and apparently Riley and a lot of people. You know, I know a lot of people like Riley, and mm. he's he's just a very likable dude. Oh wow, here we go. The but setup. when we when we get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> of talking about Michael Jordan versus LeBron James is the best player ever. It can, it can get heated. It can. And yeah. you've you've you found a few enemies in that, haven't I, you? I've drawn some fences. <laughs> yeah. Like there there are clear lines in the sand. Look, here's the thing. I'm a, I'm gonna go publicly on the record. Um Jordan is simply at a level that we may not see again. Um we were truly blessed by number two, three in the red and black and all the sneakers. I mean oh. Ha, yeah. I mean, the sneakers alone. Heat um, check. Yeah, I mean, so now that that's said, um, while I think his building is the tallest, the highest peak we've ever seen, that LeBron James has built the widest. <laughs> I mean, bro, I, dude, I hate saying this because here's the thing. I didn't like LeBron until he became a Laker because I am a diehard Laker fan. Uh-huh. So it was kind of in the era where they were trying to put him on Kobe's level. They were like, oh, they're going to meet in the finals one day. And it just kind of never happened because yeah. LeBron wasn't – he wasn't doing it. Yeah. Um, he did play with the Cavs and well, that, that team was – Yeah, just... he basically took you, me, and a couple of toothpicks to the, the finals <laughs> a few times. But So anyway, over the years I've come to admire him. Um, and now that he's a Laker, it just it just made it easier to say, man, he's good. So. So that is my official stance publicly. Well, I do like LeBron James. I, I actually do admire him quite a bit. But you will never hear me say that he's better than bro, Michael Jordan. He's mad right now. He's mad. <laughs> the bro, they canceled the NBA. I know, they canceled the NBA. Uh, more, more on that actually in, in, in a few more minutes. We'll, we'll talk about how I have some pretty sour grapes right oh, now man. because uh, they canceled the NBA. Wow. But yeah, we are uh, coming at you this morning. Uh, we are keeping our six feet of social distancing, I think. I yes. think it's pretty close to, to six feet. There's a table at. between us. There, yeah. there is a table between us. Yeah. Um, I think for guys, that this isn't a, a, a very difficult task. I don't think guys really want to stand more than <laughs> six feet close to anybody, but their wife and kids. Space. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so I think it's kind of funny because I, I, I set it up. I'm like, is this six feet? I'm like, dude, this is where Riley and me always sit when we record. <laughs> It's true. So we are uh, definitely in the middle of a uh, crisis that's going on uh, all over the world. I, I was going to say our country, but it's, it's all over the world. And our uh, thoughts and prayers really go out with all those who have been affected, whether it's directly or indirectly by this uh, terrible disease of coronavirus. Uh, it really sucks. It's done some some pretty uh, incredible things throughout the world and disrupting people's lives and rhythms, economies. I mean, it's it's... it's Pretty, pretty amazing. I, I don't yeah. think I ever would have thought that something like this would, would happen in, in my lifetime. I thought these days were long gone. Yeah, dude, you're right. I mean, this is the kind of stuff you, you read about, mm-hmm. um, you know, bubonic plague and yeah. all those things in history. And you're like, man, that that must have been terrible. Thank God we live in today where right. the technology and, and all that stuff is able to combat that. And then you realize that, nah, um, like the, we are very vulnerable. Um, and so it... You know, it can generate a lot of fear, um, but I think as leaders um, and wherever you lead, whether in your, you know, your home, um, your job, with your peers, whatever that looks like, um, we have to figure out how to lead through this this time that we're in. And that's um, right. staying together, checking on one another, loving each other. Um, but we have to cling on the hope, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. And we will. I mean, we will have a vaccine. We, like, people will recover. We will get past this. So, um, yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely a, a, a I think a cool sense of hope that happens when times like this. You know, I I went through nine eleven and it, it was as as horrible as that was, and as horrible as the aftermath of that and all the events that followed throughout all that. Uh, I always remember uh, how the unity of the country uh, kind of took place, and it, it was it yeah. was just pretty a pretty cool thing to witness because um, you, you just it takes moments like that for for people to come together the way that that they did, and w- you know what, what I, I mean that like throughout the entire country, like it, people sure. can rally around a one specific event that impacts everybody, whether it's directly or indirectly. Mm-hmm. 
So and I kind of feel like this is kind of where we're at with, uh, with that. So, um, my wife Satin and I, we, uh, we went to the Pacific Northwest mm. actually as, oh boy. as this thing exploded. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, a little bit of uh, backstory on that. We actually bought tickets to go out on vacation to uh, Washington and Oregon last year, and we didn't. Yeah, this was yeah well was planned. well well planned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we bought tickets, plane tickets, uh, booked hotels, rental car, the whole bit. And we were so excited to go. And we get out, they start talking about this virus, and I'm like, it'll be okay, it'll mm. be okay. And uh, we went out there, and we spent two days. I'd, I'd say two days of the vacation were, were awesome, were amazing. Uh, yep. Seattle was just gorgeous. Uh, Mount Rainier, we went out to Mount beautiful, Rainier. Beautiful area, beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we went out to Mount Rainier National Park as high as we could go uh, and at that time uh, of the year. Mm. Uh, and it was just it was amazing. It was something else. It was beautiful. It, it really was something majestic. Wow. So, and then we went to to Oregon because I was going to go, we were going to go check out a, uh, a trailblazer. That's right. Game. Dame time. That's right. He yeah, was back was so too. Excited. Anyways. Sorry. Source. Source. Oh, uh, I, I kid you not. We were, so the game was on Wednesday. Mm. Okay. No, I take that back. Excuse me. The game was on Thursday. Okay. Oh, it's going to be on TNT. Yeah, it was going to be, it, dude, oh, it was going to be so nice. Oh boy. Uh, we, the tickets, listen, I could, I could have hooked my, my, my cup at the at the court that's wow. how close we were wow and the way the blazers been that's playing the, you probably would have wanted to no, i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh but it Kick was all about the down. experience man and um so that was the game was thursday wednesday afternoon we are sitting at a brewery in portland oregon hmm. and a message comes through my phone the nba has canceled the season wow my heart sank dang bro it sank and um, anyways, I was so, but the funny thing is that kind of lit a fire under me and my wife. We were like, well, yeah, you got to get out of there. Maybe this is a little more serious than we're giving it credit. Vacation so, over. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, we cut the vacation short. We actually caught the next uh, flight out uh, to back home. We didn't want to be stuck on the other side of the country with our sure. kids over here and, and whatnot. So, so that means you guys were like, you had to quarantine before like. Everybody was quarantining. Like, yeah, I mean, we we came back. We it's kind of funny because my job called me like, "Hey, we we have some concerns about where you went on vacation. We'd like you to spend two weeks at in. home." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, the thing is, everybody ended up uh, quarantining. At least in my job, pretty much everybody who could work from home, sure, uh, was told to work from home. By the time I got we got back, it, it really was just it, it just snowballed so quickly. Wow. Uh, and I certainly didn't expect it to get like that, but uh, we are about three, four weeks into the the whole uh, nation quarantine sure, sure. Uh, phase. How's uh, how has quarantine life been for you, Riley? Dude, this is gonna um, sound terrible, um, but as we walk this thing out, um, my wife and I slowly realize we practice a lot of social distancing, like. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we were already homeschooling our kids, so mm-hmm. we we didn't blink. Like, oh, well, everybody's doing what we're doing now. And then um, when it comes to um, my free time, you know, outside of, of work, um, I just spend a lot of time in the house with my family. Um, and then we got other families that we usually hang out with, so we're, we're missing that in our rhythm. But we still find ways to do that, um, you know, go out and, and, you know, visit each other. We, we check in on the phone and stuff like that. So... Uh, all in all, I guess we just live a quarantine life. Um, <laughs> now, grocery shopping and those things have become um, l- a little more challenging. Um, yeah. But praise God for Walmart pickup. That's been huge, yes. huge blessing. Yes. Yeah, but what about you guys, man? Um, you're a little more s- social than, than I am. I don't know about all that, bro. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Um, no, I, 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 uh, I am very, very social, very uh, extroverted. Uh, but I, too, am a homebody. I, I like to have my things at home like yeah. my, i got my video games i got my tv mm. i got uh man I, mean, I, don't, I don't even have to no i don't have a man cave i wish i did <laughs> uh, i got my books uh, anyways i got everything that i pretty much is within my rhythm of, of life is 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 based at home sure, so, sure. Uh, actually me leaving home for an extended period of time is not very comfortable for me i got you yeah so um 
so it, it's it's been a learning experience. Our kids are you know they're transitioned to to homeschooling now and to uh, uh, basically learning how that works. Sure. And I think the key to it has been uh, just establishing rhythms and oh, uh, yeah. routines for for us and for the kids. Yeah. Uh, understanding that just because I'm at home and I can sit down and watch Netflix all day and do nothing else, yeah. doesn't mean that I should sit down and Probably watch not the Netflix best idea. all day. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely learning, um, do what you need to do, not what you want to do. That's good. So it's good. Uh, it's definitely good. Kind of on that thought, um, I guess we can kind of share some tips, um, yeah. for, for, you know, just to, to help our listeners, um, th- through this phase. I think one thing for me, um, you mentioned the homeschool thing and I remember when we first started doing that, you kind of got to help the kids realize you can't just stay in your PJs all day. Right, like yeah. just cause you're not going to a school building doesn't mean you're not going to school. Uh, so get out of your pajamas. I, I think that would be my, my first tip uh, for folks. Like, you know, start your day, get up, make mm-hmm. your bed, get dressed. You know, I think just that rhythm um, helps when you have to practice some social distancing, you know? Absolutely. Uh, we, one of my, this is the kind of stuff that happens is that you start discovering or you start realizing that you, are doing things that you normally wouldn't have. And it's not necessarily because you have more time. It's because you're more restricted. So you have to be creative in ways to entertain yourself or ways to get out of the house or right. stuff like that. So, uh, one of my daughters, so I, I actually do uh, a little bit of running. Um, I've been doing it for, for a few years now. And, uh, I still can't say that I am ecstatic about it, but, uh, I do, I do enjoy it to, to a certain, it's kind of one of those things that I, I know I'm going to feel better about it when I'm done. Yes. Then when, so when I start, it's like, all right, I just got to get through this first mile. So the first 10 minutes of, of, of my run is always the hardest, but there's no, if you guys do not know, if you guys ever thought about running and like, Oh no, I don't know about that get the c25k app it is such it is such an awesome tool that's good uh to get into running and it really it it's tailored for for anybody anybody so so that's what we've been doing uh three days a week we get out and as a family uh, most of us get out and 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 we uh we go and and we run and it's cool it's great we get to do as a family and uh i get to torture them a little bit we go down some hills and then up mm. the hills and then they're like oh, i don't want it this is horrible i'm like come on suck it up let's go <laughs> so now it it really is uh it's pretty cool so uh try try new things uh i have i i gotta tell you one of the skills that i have gotten uh not toot my own horn but seriously i've gotten pretty good at bro i can make some really good some banging oatmeal cookies mm, come on somebody oatmeal cookies i been eating more oatmeal cookies than I let's care go. to. Let's <laughs> <admit> go. <laughs> We've been experimenting. You'll get through this, Mike. Yes, I know. Uh, hopefully, I will still be the same size as <laughs> when I, when we do get through this. But wow, uh, yeah. So, so I, I I'd say another tip is is to experiment on some things. Have fun. Uh, we bought a bread maker. We've been making bread. Yeah. So it, it's just it's actually been a really cool time to to do some really cool things as a family. That's what's up, man. And, you know, um, many of our listeners know that, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor at a local church here in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. And um, one of the things I've been doing um, just in this season is reaching out to folks, calling um, our members, our guests, our attendees, and, and just seeing if they need anything, if there's a way we can serve them. And, um, dude, that has been the resounding answer. Wow. Um, people are really thankful for the time they have to spend with their families. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're enjoying the, the quality time. So, um to the, the point of your tip, I, I think that's the thing that we've been really doing is, you know, just being intentional about, mm-hmm. let's just turn on some music and dance in the living room. Like si- silly yeah. things um, that you probably do at Christmas. Um, but now we just, just do them because it's fun. Um, yeah. So yeah. Enjoy the time. It's good. You know, speaking of enjoying the time, um, spoiler alert, but you know, you got a, a special day coming up. Yeah, yeah. So my wife Satin and I will be celebrating seven years of marriage. Come on, come on. on April sixth. Congrats, man. Thank you, thank yeah. you. We're uh, whew, seven years. Mm. Um, it's been great. It's been awesome. Uh, I have, um, I've learned a ton from being married, uh, so much. But uh, it, it, it's marriage has been a blessing. My family's been a, a tremendous blessing, and you know, I would say it's it's the 
the single greatest tool that that God has used wow. to to bless me and to show me how much He loves me and yeah. how generous He is towards me mm. uh, is my family and and you know a lot of times um, I don't acknowledge that as much as I should and so yeah I'm I'm absolutely grateful you know uh, a huge part of my story is uh, uh, is has to do with my marriage my my wife and I were were not in a in a good place mm. married. Uh, when we came to know Jesus, I mean, Jesus literally came and saved our marriage. It's awesome, bro. Uh, I, I would I equate it to to the equivalent of of like a superhero coming through coming through your living room wall and, mm. and just be like, "I'm here to save you. Come with me if you wow. want to live." Wow. Uh, <laughs> I know that that's kind of silly, but uh, seriously, it it God stepped in at the most perfect time. So good man. to save uh, our marriage and in turn our family. And uh, what's come out of that has just been nothing short of a miracle. So wow. Uh, so every year that that we celebrate uh, marriage, we 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 definitely celebrate. We make it a big deal. Um, because of what Jesus has done in our lives, yeah. uh, it's definitely something worth celebrating, uh, and it's it's cool. You know, the kids get to be a part of it, and for sure, yeah. we 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 make it. We kind of make it a big deal. So, so where are you taking her out to, J.K.? Oh uh, man, I, I where guess. am I taking her out to, dude? You get some carry there's, out from somewhere, bro. There, there's carry out. There's there's this really fancy, nice restaurant. Dude. Mm. Mm. It's called the Ramos Estate. Oh wow! <laughs> it means that I'm gonna go grab some steaks and mm. go grill them. Mm. We've already had steaks. this discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <Steaks>. <laughs> yeah, we'll get some uh, cowboy ribeyes. Oh uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, we we're gonna do it right. We're gonna do it right. We're That's gonna get awesome, some cake. Man. We're gonna get some. It's gonna be a lot of fun, man. We'll, we'll get the kids involved, and uh, uh, I, I can already tell they're like, "When's your anniversary again?" And we tell them, <laughs> "I'm like, y'all are planning something." So it's it is really cool that our kids are are involved in this and. Um, you know, especially my older girls, uh, Michaela and, and Kayla, they they know what we were like before uh, we were saved. So for them, it's been very real as well. Wow. Wow. So it's, it's just been such a phenomenal tool that God has used uh, to impact our lives and, and the lives of, of, of my family. So it's kind of cool. Alyssa, uh, who's my youngest daughter, she's mm-hmm. she's nine and... So she's starting to do the run, and and we're we're at a we're at a point in the in the plan where you're doing a little bit more running, so it it's it's exhausting for her. It's a little it's a little tiresome for her, but you know uh, the the other the other the rest of the family goes on ahead, and I, I just stay with her, and I I slow down my pace, and I'm like we're just gonna keep doing this nice and slow, nice sure, and easy. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, and then I, I'm telling her how, how proud I am of her and, and how, come on, I'm, I'm right here with you. I'm going to keep it. And it just, man, in this, through that image that God has really spoken to me, how he slows down to my pace, mm. regardless wow. of where I'm at, to uh, to just let me know, hey, I'm right here with you. So good. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to move on without you. You don't have to stop. Mm. You can keep going. Don't be discouraged. I'm going to keep doing this with you as wow. long as it takes you to build up whatever it is that I need for. Because God is the one that ultimately sees uh, where you're going. Yeah, uh, He knows what the outcome and uh, what the finished product looks like. So. Mm. That's good preaching right there, bro. That's some cool stuff that's been happening, man. Mm. So, anyways, we got a lot of a lot of content yeah, to yeah. get through. I know we 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 did we I felt like we had a lot to catch up on though, uh, but we have a lot of content. Uh, to get through today, I'm really excited about uh, this today's uh, episode, this month's episode. And uh, anyway, so let's let's just dive right in. So we're going to talk about the church is a people, not a building. And this is one of our operational principles. As you y'all uh, know, we we this is what we've been talking about every month, and and most of our episodes, we're just going to dive into these operational principles. It's things that we do as part of our rhythm of life, and. Um, Anyway, rather you, you you want to share with the listeners a little bit more about where we get uh, these these operational principles and what what that is. Yeah, um, you know I always like to reference our senior pastor uh, Michael Fletcher. So he's senior pastor of Man of Church in this multiply movement. Uh, really, to see a church um, everywhere that military members gather um, along what we call the military highway, and again unpacking this principle that the church is people. Um, it's, it's not a building. Um, Really, wherever the people gather, um, that that's where the church is. So, um, a lot of these operational principles um, that that Mike's talking about, we pull from uh, Man Church's DNA. Um, these are the the things that are important. Um, 
basically our ministry philosophy, um, but they're just not applicable to how to be the administration of a church. Um, these are just principles that are just good for your life, yeah. uh, which is why um, for all the fellows out there, all the listeners, um, Mike and I thought this stuff would add value to your life just to kind of share these principles, um, which practically are how we do life. Um, you know, we talked about how the Bible's a handbook for life. We talk about devotion. We talk about the presence of God. And now we're going to talk about God's people, the church. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, the um, we we want to clarify when when we say church is a people, not a building. We believe that church happens where two or more gather mm. uh, in the name of Jesus. That's that's and that's the important. That's the key. That's the uh, okay. How do how do we how do we define this specific operational principle? There we, there you go. Yep. Church happens where two or more gather in in uh, in Jesus' name, and I think. Now, more than any other time in my life, um, this is this has to be more true now, and it, it and it, and it is more true. But we there, there's a certain actionable step or a series of actionable steps that we as the church need to be taking in lieu of what's going on and because of what's going on. Because yeah. whether you're being affected by by this coronavirus directly, sure, uh, or indirectly. The Church of God still, you know, I, I think of Matthew 16 where um, um, the Jesus is talking about the church. He mentions the church for the first time, mm. and he talks about the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So the Church of God is continuously expanding. It's, fur- right. it's continuing furthering, and nothing's going to stop that. Right. Nothing at all is going to stop that, and that, that's true today just as it was last year Come on. and just as it was 10 years ago, and it will be true tomorrow and 10 years from now. It's not going to—that's not going to— change so what i think is happening right now is that now there has to be more individual intention for sure behind what what, what's what what the church is doing and and, and we're doing that and we're doing that yeah i heard um one pastor define the church he said hey like because we're in this western context you know here in america where we we see things and business models and org charts and stuff he says the church isn't an organization right Um, it's an organism Um, It is alive. And I think the cool thing that we see um, in the early church right there in the New Testament and what we see today is the church can adapt to the needs in its time, Um, meaning our our preference. It's it's always best when we can all gather. And that was their rhythm. Mm -hmm. They would all gather in the temple, Uh, but they would also gather house to house. That's right. And and so that was kind of already in us when a crisis happens, when persecution happens, whatever external factors may come, the church can still be the church and we're not tied to simply gathering in a certain space. Right. But just right, like right. you said, we, we gather not under one roof, we gather under one name. One name. And that's the name of Jesus. That's so good. Yeah. That's good. So, you know, Mana Church's model for um, for church and, um, you know, when I say Mana Church's model, again, we're, we're taking this content out of, of Growth Track. Uh, and, be, and we're, we're discussing it here uh, because, again, we believe that this adds value. And, you know, if you're a believer, you're part of the church. It doesn't have to be—I'm I'm just sharing it from uh, Man and Church's model, but it's not—this it, is—I believe that this is the church's model, period. Sure. Um, so uh, Man and Church's mo- model is uh, sees people in the field doing ministry— and then the administration or like the care staff, the pastoral staff, they do the equipping and the coaching. And then there's a great cloud of witnesses. And mm-hmm. we'll, what I want to do is is I want to break down these three elements and uh, just kind of discuss it for, for the rest of the, the episode, the rest of the time that we have today. Cool. Uh, so the uh, people in uh, ministry, people doing uh, people in the field doing ministry. Riley, what do you what do you think about uh what does that look like practically for, for you? Yeah, I think um, this is an adjustment I had to make. Um, the way I grew up in church, it didn't really look this way. Um, and and that's one thing I'm thankful for. Um, again, just kind of growing in my own faith journey and, you know, seeing more of what's in Scripture. Um, and again, not saying that a different expression was bad, yeah. um, but I think we could see more multiplying results uh, with the posture of people in the field doing ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, I guess another way to think of it is like some people come to the gathering to spectate. Yeah. Um, some people come to participate. Um, 
And so if you come to spectate, it's like, hey, I want to see these people sing. I want to hear this person preach. And when I leave, I can't wait to come back next week to Mm -hmm. do the same thing. Um, But if people are supposed to be in the field during ministry, then basically you come to this gathering for encouragement, equipping, empowerment. You get trained. Mm -hmm. And then you go into the field, you go to your doctor's office, you go to your school, you go to your military unit, wherever it is you do life, and you advance the kingdom. You make that place, that space more like heaven. You you share your faith, you reach lost people, you you see Jesus get the inheritance that he got on the cross. So so in that construct, you know, it's... It, it is the role of people to be out doing the work of ministry, basically being the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah, you know, First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 5 says, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built as a spiritual house mm. to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And that's interesting. He's talking to the church. He's yeah. not talking to the, to, to the leadership. He's not talking solely to the leadership. He's talking to the church uh, as a people. So... Um, it's it's really interesting. First of all, there's there's this element that hey, we're living stones, yeah, right. So that means that everybody has a purpose. Everybody's created for a purpose. So when you make a stone, when you're building something, and you need uh, a certain number of two by fours, a certain number of, of materials, you make those per specification per the specs that what you're trying to build. Yep. Right. So when you're being built to a spiritual house, that means that your place mm. in that spiritual house has purpose and has meaning to the overall construct of what what's being built. Yep. Um, and and it talks about to be a holy priesthood, to do the ministry. That's mm-hmm. what priests did yep. in, in in the Old Testament. They did the ministry, um, and they 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 interceded for the people of Israel. They interceded for other nations, for other right. kings. They they did these things all in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, or all in the name of God. God yep. um, you know, in the Old Testament, and then in the New Testament, uh, in the name of Jesus. But um, it's, it's, it's just pretty, pretty amazing how I feel like a lot of, a lot of times churches can get this uh, turned around sure. to where um, people will consume and not understand that there's a role that they have to play in this. And sure, sure. Look, I'm, I'm not, I am not at all um, saying uh, that that anyone specifically is not doing something that they should be for they, sure. That, yeah. That's between you and God, yeah. and I'm, I, I have no place to to say. I know that it happens, yeah. uh, but that's that's something for for each of us individually to to deal with God. So my my encouragement would be, hey, talk to God. What what, what how do you feel you can be more involved? And I think right now is the perfect opportunity to start looking into what this living stone that you're created to yeah, be, yeah. what is that What is that supposed to look like yeah. as part of this bigger organism that, that we call the church, this this house? Yeah, Mike, I love your um, <clears throat> your tip earlier talking about just running with your daughters, the whole couch yeah. to 5K thing. I think that's what I'm hearing you say when it comes to <clears throat> us really stepping into uh, being who God's called us to be. Um, it's having the grace to know that your father will come back Yep. And, and help you. Hey, let's just keep running. Let's just keep taking steps. So um, you don't have to feel bad if you're in a consumer state currently. Yeah. Um, just allow God to, to coach you and, and equip you to, to run further. And um, dude, as you read this verse, it reminded me of this quote I um, heard recently from Will Smith about um, building a wall. Mm-hmm. And you know, th- this can be challenging. Like when you hear, wait, we're supposed to be ministers. You know, you hear yeah, all that. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, like what do I do? Um, he says, when you build a wall, look, you don't you don't just say, man, I got to I got to build this huge wall. You just lay each brick as perfectly as possible mm-hmm. and you just keep doing that over and over. And the next thing you know, you've built a wall. Yeah, um, that's good. So I just kind of see like I see God doing that in individual lives. I see him doing that in my life, knowing that he's the one laying the bricks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to engage him. I want to trust him. I want to um, apply his word to my life. And then when I look back, I'll see this beautiful spiritual house that he's built because he's awesome. the one yep. building the he's house, the you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, w- one of the things that, that, that we talk about in Grow Track says uh, that God takes ordinary people and equips them every mm. day to do extraordinary things for his kingdom. So good. Yeah. And it, it, it's so true. It, it's so eye-opening, and it's, 
it really is you as you are, Jesus accepts you, and he's got a plan for you. That's right. And I know we've talked about this um, in, in, in a lot of our episodes uh, before, uh, you know, but we, we, our intention and our heart behind this is there's no better time than now to get involved yeah. because of everything that's going on. There's so many opportunities to touch the lives of people around you. Yeah. Uh, how can you be a blessing to them? How can God use you today to impact impact people? If there was ever a time, and, and you know, it, what's funny is that right now it's going to be driven out of need because we need to connect with other that's people. That's right, yeah. So it, it's just, it, it, it's almost like the the. It's almost like the perfect formula to 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 start stepping out and, and well, being being the church. Dude, you remind me. Um, I was looking at one of our churches. So this is Mana Church in um, West Florida. Um, they're down in Destin, Niceville area. Um, <clears throat> they have folks who are like just leaving toilet paper on people's doors. Like, just <laughs> awesome. here's a little yeah. gift for you. And I, you know, it's it's silly, but it's cute and it's super practical and mm-hmm. it communicates everything you just said. You know, finding yeah. ways to to serve and love other people. So. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a perfect time. Let's be creative. Let's yeah. uh, let's just love people. Yeah. Let's just love people. Let's be the church and love people. Uh, that that's what Christ did for us individually, uh, and and He used people to do that. That's right. So He will continue to use people to do that. So, um, the administration equip uh, does the equipping and coaching. So let's let's talk about that now. Let's let's transition into that. Uh, the administration again. This is the pastoral staff. The the care. Uh, the people that do the care uh, in the church, a lot of the care, uh, church leaders and whatnot. We, we want to talk about about your role and, and what that looks like. And Riley, I'm, I'm going to definitely defer to you and and um, your experience and, and, and what that looks like transitioning from. And, and when I say transitioning, that doesn't mean that you stop being the, the people. Sure. When you're part of the care staff, uh, your role, the way that br- your brick looks like, the, yep. the, it, it may look just a little bit different. Yeah, I think um, so. This is where I'll I'll kind of bash LeBron James a little bit. So so be ready. Um, <laughs> yes, the, that's the moment I've been the, waiting for. The double-edged sword of LeBron James's game is he's what you call a player coach. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is you can't think I'm not, again, I'm not trying to knock any of LeBron James's coaches in case you guys are listening. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, <laughs> but we love you. But wherever he goes, um, he's the coach of that team. Like yeah. he's deciding, hey, these are the plays. And so sometimes as a teammate of LeBron, um, you can see that guys are trying to figure out how to adjust themselves based on him being on the court mm-hmm. because he is the offense. Yeah. Like the ball has to be in his head. That's not a bad thing. You, I mean, he's a great guy. You want the ball in his hands. But then you look at, uh, we'll use the Golden State Warriors as an example. So mm-hmm. when Cleveland and Golden State were battling um, for like the past, I don't know, five years or however long <laughs> that was, um, Golden State had a system. Um, they had a coach who had a system that was designed around the players um, who, again, these are great players, mm-hmm. um, would they achieve the same results individually? Probably not. Um, Steph may not right. as be as great as we've seen him be had he not been in that environment. Um, but a coach was able to get these players. Sorry, that, that's an alarm um, to pray at 714. So um, we'll talk to you guys more about that in a moment. Um, but this coach, he, he put these players in an environment to get the best out of their skills, and collectively they were able to beat a LeBron James team. Mm-hmm. Um, so so how does that apply to transitioning? Um, I think when I, um, before I was ordained, before I was a pastor, um, I was a really good player, mm-hmm. um, meaning being the person out in the sure. field doing the ministry. And um, when I made the transition, you know, God called me, um, other people affirmed that calling, and my family and I, we took the steps to, to step into vocational pastoral ministry. Um, my inclination was to be a player coach I, mm-hmm. I wanted to i want to pray for everybody yeah, um, yeah. you know I, I and hey let me show you how to do this outreach and and the more you do that what i what i discovered is we would only achieve the results that i would achieve right mm-hmm. so then i slid back i can't be a player coach i just have to coach mm-hmm. um and and that takes humility um mm-hmm. because it's a process um again going back to the couch the 5k right um but if you trust the process if you build a system that helps people shine based on their skill set you'll achieve more results so as a pastor um dude i intentionally try not to do ministry 
-hmm. I try to empower people to do ministry and, um, you know, going to the Ephesians four model. Um, and I think you're going to share that in a moment, but if, if that word is true, if God's word is true, then I may gift to the body of Christ Mm -hmm. for equipping. Yep. So that's what I need to focus on is simply equipping people to do ministry. Yeah. So uh, Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 12, uh, 11 and 12 say, uh, And he gave some to be apostles, uh, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it is a, a transition, I think, uh, to, to do that, to try and find more opportunities mm-hmm. for people. Um, you know, and and I'm what would it look like right now? I'm just gonna kind of put you on the spot a little bit right here, Riley. Uh, but what would what would you say, especially under the current circumstances, under the current uh, life and rhythm that we we're all living? What would you tell church leaders right now to do exactly that to embody this? There's a huge need right now for sure. the church leadership to step up and to basically keep the lights on. And, and what I mean by that is just keep things going. Sure, sure. And make sure that, that somehow our rhythm of how we do church is not disruptive. And that's on, on, on the leadership. People are looking at the church leadership. So what would you tell church leaders now under the current circumstances, how they can continue to equip the saints for the work mm. of ministry? Yeah, that's good, Mike. Um, you know, I think we've been here before. I, I look at at the goats. I look at Paul. I look at Peter. Um, I, I look at the the church um, in persecution and um, forced to scatter. Yeah. And they traveled around. They used the technology mm-hmm. of their day to deliver content, to deliver training. Um, so again, not just not a consumer mindset. Like, hey, I just want to give you something to consume. It's like, no, I want to give you a tool that you can use to do ministry. Right. Um, right. So Paul's letters, they were, those were training tools. There was instruction, there was encouragement. Mm-hmm. So um, as a spiritual leader in, in, in my community, um, that that's what I owe my community is, is to, to equip people to do ministry through encouragement, through content. So you may be socially distant. Um, man, we live in a great day where the internet is a thing. Um, and, and we can record videos, we can record podcasts. I mean, there, there's so many ways that we can deliver content to people to help them take steps and then look for those opportunities. So one thing we've done as a local church, um, we just have a really great relationship in our local community where we have opportunities to, to give away food at 14 different That's schools awesome. yeah. here in our city. I um, love that. And so we found that opportunity, but are all of our paid staff doing those opportunities? No, we're equipping people to do those opportunities. So we're we're finding the need and we're finding people who want to meet the need and then we're resourcing them, um, providing the food, whatever that looks like. So um, we, we did a blood drive recently. So again, like what are the needs of your community and how can you help people meet those needs? Um, y'all, y'all gave, um, so Manna Church, this, this is amazing. I'm going to let you tell the story a little bit better than I can, but y'all found some, some medical equipment mm. that was in need and uh, man, I, I'll, I'll let you tell the story and I'll tell you how that actually impacted me personally. Man. Oh, no I, way. I, I might get a little bit emotional, but what in go, the world? Go right ahead, man. Um, yeah. So, so we, we're, we're a, um, a larger church in the area. Um, and you know, we, we've weathered a few storms, um, in, in the history of our church. And, you know, one of those was a hurricane. Um, so this was, um, during Hurricane Florence, where um, again we were equipping people to do ministry, we we have we live in a military community too, so that kind of helps with some yeah. of the things we're able to step up and tackle. Um, but there were a lot of homes um, impacted by flood damage, um, so they needed mucking. They needed folks to go in and just kind of um, deconstruct. Um, and some of that work required um, these masks. Um, yeah. I, f- I forget the the proper term. M the N ninety five N ninety five. Yeah. So so we had um, a, a pallet of those that were given to us through some of the other organizations that we're in relationship with to um, alleviate you know the disaster of this hurricane. Um, so we didn't need to use all those. Thankfully, um, the hurricane wasn't as terrible as it could have been. Um, so we had those in our disaster relief center. Um, so now fast forward to um, where we are as a country um, dealing with COVID-19. Um, 
we were setting up for serve day. So we have a, a rhythm um, as a local church to do three large serve days um, mm-hmm. throughout the year. One of those in March. And so as we were um, kind of going through our, our stuff, inventorying, um, cleaning out, we found those. And it was like, bro, like, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm not going to be emotional. Um, but it was like God in his infinite wisdom, like, had a, another organization resource these to us. Um, uh, and again, like w- you don't think about it until you need it. But then we were there doing our inventory and we're like, look at this, like, look yeah. at God. Now he's mm-hmm. already prepared us to serve our community by giving the first responders what they need. Um, so as soon as we found him, man, we, we went and, <laughs> and gave him to the, um, the local ER and, um, I guess there's more to that story, Mike, that you're about to share. So. Yeah. So, um, so for the uh, our listeners, you probably don't know this because I don't think I've shared this uh, yet. But my wife, my beautiful and amazing wife, Satin, uh, she's uh, an RN. She's a registered nurse. Yeah. Uh, that is what she does as her profession. And uh, man, God bless uh, all all the, the the people on the front lines, our first responders, our nurses, our doctors, uh, EMS people. You guys are really. I mean. There, there really isn't. Um, uh, you guys are out there dealing with this, this, this virus and this, this disease that's that's plaguing the world, mm-hmm. uh, and you know it, it's it's pretty amazing. So a lot of a lot of the discussions that we've had in our home have been along the lines of, okay, what are we going to do if uh, you know if one of us gets if if she gets sick and you know trying to encourage my wife because her her biggest concern is you know what if I bring this home and. You know, it's just a lot of things to challenge. And, you know, at the end of the day, we just, hey, we, we will do everything that's within our power, and we surrender wow. the rest of God. There's there's nothing more we can do. Wow. Uh, we're comfortable in that. We're at peace in that. Um, you know, but it, it doesn't stir from, from me praying to God out of desperation. God, mm. I need you to protect my wife here. That's I need right. you to protect my family. Yep. Uh, I need you to do this. So, so it, that's a good thing. And I remember I was praying. I said because we were talking about how there's not enough equipment. There's just this is just a, a nation nationwide thing. There is not enough of these N95 masks, the the proper protective equipment. And you know, first responders, doctors, nurses, uh, all, all all of you medical um, personnel are out there still doing it, still yeah, saving yeah. lives, still loving and caring people uh, through this, regardless of. Um, whether you're protected or not, I, I just, that, that is, that, that's amazing. And, um, you know, so my prayer has been, God, please, please protect my wife. Please protect my, uh, my, my children. It still is to this day. And, uh, I remember one of the, we, we had, uh, my wife and I, we just had some, some pretty serious conversations with our kids of what that might look like. And, wow. Hey, we, we may be both down you guys, you know, uh, anyway, so we, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to make this all, uh, loom and gloom, but we, we just, we had had discussions like that in our home and, uh, I pray in God, uh, you know, I don't know, but find a way. Hmm. And I get on, on Facebook several hours after, <laughs> after some time of prayer and, and here's man at church delivering, uh, I don't know, something crazy, uh, just thousands yeah, and thousands and thousands of, of yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, N95 masks to the local hospital. And, you know, my, my wife actually got, got, got Come some on, of those. Wow. And, and it's, it's, it's just, you know, I've shared before how God is faithful yeah. and God, God is so faithful. In my, it's just, it just made, I was like, God, you are so faithful. This so is, good, this bro. is who you are. This mm. is, this is always who you are. Yeah. So, so, anyways, that that was uh, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool, and I think that that's uh, when when we think about what the church should be, and I don't just mean the administration; I mean the church as being the people. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. We we are the hands and feet of of, of God. We take God's heart and we share it with people. Wow. So, and I think that that was that was an awesome example. And you know, we don't we don't know what the impact is. Uh, of our actions, only God does, and you know, praise Him because He does more with it than we can than we can do on our own. For sure. So yeah. So, and then so we talked about the people in the field doing ministry, the administration or doing the equipping, the coaching. That was a really good word. Uh, I appreciate that. So, just uh, we we want to make sure that hey, if you're a leader, uh, go out there and 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 equip. Don't don't be don't think that things need to slow down or stop. We just got to get creative. Right. 
Uh, so I really appreciate you sharing that, Riley. Those encouraging words to, to uh, church leaders and, uh, you know, whether whether you're uh, in leadership as, as serving or whether you're on the paid staff, uh, regardless, you, you have a role uh, and you have a place and, and God has uh, has equipped you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no doubt God is stretching you in this season right now. So um, and then there's this great cloud of witnesses. So this this is pretty exciting because I was I was reading through that. I was like, OK, well, I get the equipment. The people mm. for the work of the ministry, and I get the the people that do the equipping. But wait a minute, what what about this great cloud of witnesses? Mm. So before we we go we go into this, I want to read some some scripture here from from Hebrews, uh, Hebrews twelve uh, verses one through two. It says, uh, "Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that is so easily that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance." The race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source, or another translation says, the author and perfecter of our faith. Mm. So, uh, we talk about this great cloud of witnesses. I, I love what you mentioned earlier, Riley, when you talked about we've been in this before, mm. right? Yeah. And we look to what to other people who have done it well. You know, Paul. Paul used he wrote letters. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that we. Yeah, Paul wrote letters. He wasn't the only one who wrote letters. See, right. what he did, he said, we're going to get through this. We're going to come out on the other end. Let's use the technology of this time. So you may not be, our listeners, you may not be aware, uh, but there are lots of people that Paul discipled that wrote letters also. Right. Yeah. Now, they didn't come into canon. They, they didn't get canonized as part of the Bible, but they were effective in their time to do ministry, to do wow. the equipping and whatnot. So as you were saying that, I was like, yeah, that's that's exactly right. And just because we don't know about them sure. doesn't mean that there wasn't letters that were written. There were other people that were mimicking that because they knew it worked. Yep, yep. Um, so we we talk about this great cloud of witness, Riley. We 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 read this this verse right here in Hebrews. How do you feel that that ties into the people doing the ministry and the administration doing the equipment and coaching? Yeah, I mean, um, so someone's already paved the way, um, and the cool thing is, you know, you you mentioned just your story uh, with your wife and how you saw God's faithfulness. So you yeah. knew He was faithful. Um, but then you saw his faithfulness, so it kind of increases your faith. There's, oh, yeah. there's kind of like yep. this, you know, mm-hmm. this unique process that happens there. Um, so when I think of this great cloud of witnesses, um, what does a witness do? A witness testifies. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if we're playing this game, um, again, we're just unpacking our, our model for, you know, church. Um, there's players, um, people in the field doing ministry. Yeah. There's coaches, mm-hmm. apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherd, teachers, staff, the administrators. Yeah. There's got to be a crowd. Um, That's right. You know, at any sporting event, mm-hmm. you know. So the cool thing about the crowd that we have is they're a crowd that's played the game. They're, they're a crowd that's coached it. So when they're cheering for you, it's not, hey, come on, you can do it. It's, no, we know you can do it because mm-hmm. we've done it. Because, again, this game that we're playing, um, I don't know if you checked the scoreboard lately, but we won. Always done. Yeah, Always I mean, done. the game, game's over. Yeah. Um, so we kind of get to go and and play this game from a position of we are going to win, and we have this these witnesses, this stadium full of saints who have already mm-hmm. walked this thing out who are rooting for us. Saying, mm-hmm. like, I can imagine, like, that's, now I get a little emotional. Um because you you need to meet with God and 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 get strength from that, um, and so in Hebrews, um, I, I like to think Paul wrote it just because it reads to me like a person who is very um, firm in what they knew, who got smacked by the reality of this person they met. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of how Hebrews reads to me. Um, so he kind of has the, the heroes of the faith. Yeah. Um, so now when Riley steps up to to coach the team to play the game that's been won, it's like. I got Joshua right there saying, hey, man, you know, God will make the sun stand still. Like, I've yep. seen it. I got Moses right there saying, oh, yeah, remember all those plagues in Egypt? Like, we, yep. we got this. Like, his hand is, is mighty, and he'll lead you out. And then, oh, man, just Hezekiah and his prayer. Um, like, like God, we're surrounded. And mm-hmm. God says, no, nah, look up, man. Like, your enemies we're are good. surrounded. Like, all that stuff um, it, it is right there. And I can look up out in the crowd and, and see the signs. I can look through Scripture and, and, mm-hmm. and, and see these witnesses encouraging us um 
So to me, like they have a huge role in this equipping ministry and in, in this game we're playing of equipping the saints to do ministry. So, um, dude, I love it. I, yeah. I absolutely love that. The, the, um, the also the the thing that's really spoke to me about this verse is that uh, just because we are in relationship with Christ and just because the church is continuously moving forward and mm-hmm. ever expanding does not mean that we will not face opposition. Right. So that we will not face hard times. Yeah. That we will not have setbacks. Or and, and when I say setbacks, I don't mean that that I, I'm talking about individual setbacks or individual parts of, of of the church may 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 suffer because there's a need to grow. Maybe it's mm-hmm. evolving or or what I'm what I'm saying in saying this is that there are trials and there are things challenges that will come. Sure. Even though the scoreboard's already been decided, though the, the it's already been won. The game's already been won. Yep. Um, there are challenges that we are going to need to overcome as part of the church. Absolutely. Um, and when we talk about these witnesses, uh, you, you know, I know, uh, so Hebrews chapter 11 really shared about, you know, Abraham, by faith Abraham, mm-hmm. by faith Noah, by faith all these people. And it, it, it it's just listing all these people. And then Paul, or sorry, the author. Yeah. <laughs> we know it's you, Paul. The author of, uh, <laughs> of Hebrews. Uh, sorry, I just, most of the New Testament is written by, by Paul, but, and possibly this letter. But anyways, uh, the author of Hebrews in chapter 11 talks uh all these people and he gets to this point he's like dude i can't keep naming people Mm. i don't have enough time to name all the people that have inspired me through their faith come on man all right and it doesn't stop there that's the thing it didn't stop with paul or the author or john or peter or any of this these these heroes of the faith they're still living among us right now that's right and they we can draw inspiration and you know what the coolest thing is we can draw hope that's it we can draw assurance that at the other end of this because there is another end and jesus is still alive and he's still victorious at the other end we can draw hope that that is still going to be true Mm. so how do we get from here to there and still be the church We're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. It's not for nothing. Right. We draw hope. We draw inspiration through the work of God. We draw their witnesses to the work of God. And you That's know right. what? God is alive now, yeah. so God is still working today. Come on, and I man. do believe that we're out of this situation, we will have more heroes of the faith. We will have more stories of hope and inspiration that are going to get us and propel us into on, the bro. next season of life. Mm. Man, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I was mm. so excited. I told you all I was very excited about this, <laughs> this, uh, this episode. Um, and it's just so true when I, when I was like, wait a minute, how does, how does this cloud of witnesses thing, how does this work? This has a bigger role in what, in, in, in the church mm-hmm. than, um, than at least I thought. Well, uh, obviously, we, we have the people, we have the people that equip, but then there's this cloud of witnesses that offer hope yeah. because times of adversity will happen. It's going to happen. And you know what? Nothing's ever going to prepare you for that. So good, bro. So, and dude, uh, just, just going back to that verse, um, the, the tie a bow on this portion. Um, so you're you got the witnesses, everybody's cheering, um, you're running your race. And if you've ever run track or run a race, you, you don't look back. You keep your eye on the finish line. Um, right. So the author here is telling us to keep our eyes on Jesus. He's our prize. Um, like uh, in all this running, in this game we're playing, we get him. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. So he already wrote it. He's the perfecter. He's making it happen. Just keep your eyes on him. Yep. And and I, I think that's the most hopeful thing, you know, that we have is, is our hope is in Jesus. Like he got up out of that grave. That's like, right. You know, we're we're also entering into the Easter season, so a lot of my um, my my brain space has been in that area, just thinking about you know what he did on the cross, and you know, you revisit the passion, um, you see how Jesus was, you know, he was. Sorry, I'm getting a little just thinking about it. Um, but he 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 died the worst death possible. Um, you know, the way he was beaten. Um, the way his flesh was just torn from his body. Um, Then he's nailed to this cross where he, you know, the way you die is you eventually stop breathing um, because you can't physically breathe anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then all of the sin of everyone who believes past, present, futures all poured on him. um, And that didn't kill him. Mm. So Mm. he's beaten with what the Romans call the almost death. Um, (laughs) He's uh, na- yeah, the, the scourging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's he's nailed to a cross. He has 
I mean, think about it. You know how you feel when you feel shameful when you did something? Like, he never felt that in his life. Mm-hmm. Never once mm-hmm. was this man ashamed. Never once was he a coward. Never once, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you get that for everybody that you died for. And he was so righteous. I believe this dude would be still alive on that cross today. Mm-hmm. Because he's so much better than all of our mistakes, all of our sins. You know, um, it wasn't until the Father's wrath was poured out. And that's what killed Jesus. Like, it's uh, oh, it's it's amazing to to look at, at things like that. It, it shows the power, mm-hmm. uh, the power of of, of God, um, and it shows his. I mean, just how amazing, how grand uh, he is, even in a, in a human form. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, the reading plan we were reading through. Uh, through was it Matthew? Yeah, we're yeah, reading Matthew. through Matthew right yeah, now. Yeah. And um yesterday in the reading plan we read through uh the uh the temptation mm-hmm. the where he goes out in the wilderness. You know, I I didn't know that I know that it was 40 days and 40 nights, but I didn't realize that it, it was 40 days and 40 nights and then yeah. the temptation came. So it was always like, had to make it a kind of a fair fight like Let's get the enemy a shot. So <laughs> yeah, so it was like wait a minute. No, no, you're not going to tempt me at my full strength. Yeah. You're going to wait till I've been hungry for 40 days and then yeah. and then come to me. That also that also I, I believe that there's strategy on, on the enemy's behalf behind that sure. too. Sure. So what does that say? about how he attacks us. He's going to attack us when we're weak, yeah, when yeah. we're drawn out in that way. Sure. Um, so that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, I, I, this time of, uh, the Easter time is, is, is a good time. I, I think for reflection on, uh, on Jesus' death, I don't think we should ever lose sight of the death, what that means, what that took, uh, out of a man yeah. to, uh, to pay for, for, for my sin, for, for my wickedness and my evil, my selfishness, all the, all those all those things that I carry with and I, I wrestle with I don't have to do it because that man took it for me. So good, bro. Um, and it's uh, I, I don't think we should ever stop celebrating uh, Jesus' work, his ministry. Uh, being at the church, we told episode being the church, being a people, uh, it's only possible because of the work of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Uh, because of the work of, uh, of Jesus and. You know, we talk about the, there's a great cloud of witnesses and, and, and we're not, I mean, the work of Christ still is still impacting people. That's that. Those are witnesses That's to, right. to the gospel. So uh, let's talk about some practical application. I know we're, we're, we're getting short on time here, uh, but we have a lot of content to get through. But let's talk about some, some practical application. Uh, so what does being the church look like uh, in your normal rhythm of life now amidst this all this pandemic stuff? What do you, what do you think, Riley? Yeah, I think... Um... Again, Jesus, he, he gives us some very clear, practical things. Um, he says, by this sign, they'll know that you're my disciples. That's good. Um, That's really good, yeah. You know, by, by your love for one another. So, um, dude, we're different than um, the worldly system. Um, and by the worldly system, you know, there's a kingdom and then there's not the kingdom. Um, yeah, so like when it comes to, um, you know, everyone and and our selfishness how we we value us first and our family and our neighbor you know that's that's just the human orientation so um when the world is stockpiling all the toilet paper uh, again i got a pantry um it's it's stocked um but i'm not hoarding things right um, right so so we get to be the church by loving people by giving things away by by caring about others first um uh, by by helping meet those needs those are practical things we can do. Um, even in this season of social distancing, even in this season of COVID-19, um, there, there are people that, that need the love of Christ. Um, yeah. They need the same love, the same forgiveness, you know, the, the peace, the encouragement, all those things that we receive from him. Um, he wants us to be his hands and feet and give that to other people. Um, dude, there's a verse. Uh, this, is, this is a life verse for me. Um, and, and I simply love it. Um, it says, you know, let your light so shine before men. Why? So that they may see your good works. You know, sometimes as Christians, I think, um, we want to be the person that does something good and nobody knows about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's great. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying don't do that. Um, at the same time, don't be the thirsty person that is like, Hey, look at me. I did this nice thing. Did you yeah. see it? You know, you don't want to be that person either. Um, and I think this is where we get the word of balance. People need to see your good works. Why? Because mm-hmm. they'll give glory to your father in heaven. Um, and I, and I want God to get all the glory. So that's why I'll put on my red t-shirt and go out and serve. Um, yeah. Cause it's not about me being seen. It's about 
them seeing him in me. That's good. That's good. You know, um, the um, it's it's kind of funny because I, I love this verse as well. And as I was saying, we were, we're going through Matthew right now in the reading plan. So uh, one of the things that I started doing uh, probably about a month ago is uh, I started doing, so our listeners that probably, probably don't know this about me, one thing uh, is that I, I am actually bilingual. I'm fluent in Spanish and, and Come English. Come on, man. <laughs> but uh, so I... Growing up, I didn't grow up really in the in the church. We went to church, but you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't about having a relationship with 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 God. And um, so, I never really read the Bible in Spanish. Actually, oh, so wow. that's kind of what I what I've been doing. And what's been interesting about that is, as I've been going through the reading plan in in, in my Spanish Bible, is seeing the 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 differences in in how the language translates. Oh no way! Uh, and you know, one one of the things about um, about scripture and Bible translations and stuff like that is that it's, uh, you know, no, no two languages translate, uh, perfectly. Sure. So it, it's important to know that when it comes to like, Oh, well, you know, well, this translation is better and I'm, I'm not going to get into all that debate, but just understand, Hey, that at the end of the day, no two languages translate perfectly. So, uh, so it's kind of cool. So as I was reading this verse yesterday, uh, let your light, uh, shine before men in Spanish, it says, make your light shine before uh. men. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And uh, I think uh, I, I've i kind of noticed that in Spanish, there, it, it seems like there's more of an the language is more action-based. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, I thought it was very interesting. And then in a, in a, in a biblical aspect, it's just, uh, again, getting at the heart of the message. It's just, it's just interesting um, how you read through the Bible and there's this constant stirring of action. Hmm. Uh, which obviously is is good. It's it's a, it's a good thing. Uh, so, just I, I think that that's a that's a really good uh, point that fits into what what we're trying to say here is be yeah. the church. Yep. Uh, make your light shine. So, let your light shine. Awesome. I, that, that's a that's a great thing. But I think it's it's a, it's the heart behind this is be intentional, right. be Proactive, actionable yep. about what God is doing in your life and share with others so that others can see your good works and yeah. give glory to the God in heaven. So good, man. Um, so we have, we have a few other practical applications that we can talk about uh, as far as how we can continue to be the church through this time. Um, we have uh, our church is, is taking part in this global uh, movement called unite Seven Fourteen. Riley, you, you want to talk to listeners a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so, Y'all probably heard my alarm on my cell phone go off um, moments ago. And what that was, um, the local time here was 7.14 a.m. So twice a day at 7.14, I'm committing to pray um, along with the body of Christ. And um, Unite 7.14, that that comes from 2 Chronicles 7, uh, verse 14, where it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, repent, pray, seek my face, um, then I'll hear from heaven and heal their land. Um, So that's what we're believing um, that the body of Christ, the the church, the people, not the building, um, that's something that we can do together. And um, the cool thing about it, um, just try to you know vision this for yourself. Um, in Genesis, where um, there's a Tower of Babel, so basically humanity um, decided to unite in rebellion against God, and um, did some pretty impressive things. They build this structure um, to reach the heavens, and be ready for the next time God decides to flood the place. Um, God saw that, and an interesting phrase that he says, let us go down and confuse their languages, because when they're united, nothing's impossible for That's them. That's good. That's really good. Um, so God personally came down to divide these people up who were rebelling against them. Um, so you can look at that and kind of see the negative um, con- context, but I think there's power in unity. I yeah. think there's power in saying the same words together and having the same time together. So um, that's what we're doing um, at those times. Um, and again, there's different time zones. There's like an hour of prayer coverage all around the globe um, through the Association of Related Churches. So that's ARC, if you guys are familiar uh, with that. Um, literally thousands of churches all across the globe are committing to pray um, into this movement. So so that's what that looks like. Um, you can visit um, their website. That's um, www dot unite 714.com um you get the prayer points there also if you're part of our um, local congregation here at mana church or anywhere along the military highway um, you can visit mana.church we have those prayer points available for you as well 
You have them on the we we have them on the app as well, right? Yeah, they're on the app. Uh, we've been doing morning manna. Um, yeah. You know, so as you get that, there will be links there for you to have those prayer points and and let's just commit to to seeking God's face. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, also. There are uh, opportunities if you are part of the the local congregation here, Mana Church, or any anywhere along the military highway. There are uh, local outreach opportunities. You can go to you can download the Mana Church app and or visit the website mana.church uh, to get some information on some local outreach opportunities wherever you're at. But hey, we're not the only ones doing outreach. Mana Church is not the only church doing outreaches. There are right. tons. So I would encourage you to uh, seek out uh, your. Look and and throw, throw differences aside here. Right. This is this is not a time to say, well, you know, you're Baptist or you know Pentecostal. I don't think this is a time for that. Uh, this is a time for 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 unity in the church. That's right. Uh, to to take the opportunity that uh, we're given to be the church and to be the salt and light. Uh, so uh, look up uh, what opportunities uh, are available. In, uh, with your with your local church and uh, see what, what how you can get involved with outreach. Of course, we want everybody to be safe and make sure you take the the proper precautions and whatnot. Yeah, and just because um, you know, to segue a little bit, just because we're at a distance uh, doesn't mean we need to be disconnected. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, we really do. Uh, well, you're gonna hear us talk more about that, but we really do believe in the value of being in small groups and relationship with other people. And I know that's hard right now because we're all you know physically separated. But um, one of the things we've done is is we've taken our our groups online. Um, yeah. Again, there's technology today. There's Zoom. There's FaceTime. There's Marco Polo. Google there's Google Hang. Hang- yeah, yeah. Like so yeah. many ways um, for us to find ways just to gather and engage and encourage one another. Have some fellowship. Uh, some accountability. Um, again, I'm just checking in with people because if you don't see people in your normal rhythm, you don't know how they're doing. Like you right. don't know if they ran out of toilet paper, you know. So let's <laughs> let's let's just be intentional about staying connected, even if it's virtual or digital. Yeah. So definitely uh, do virtual small groups. That's another thing. Do a reading plan together. You know, yeah, the, yeah. the U version uh, Bible app. Yeah. Uh, or or uh, yeah, you can do reading plans together, and uh, you can have a place to to. Put prayers on there. You can put uh, comments uh, based on, and just have some discussion. Uh, we have a, a small group that meets every Wednesday at five a.m. called mm. Up Before the Enemy. <clears throat> we just up. go through the, yeah, <laughs> we just go through the reading plan, yeah, and um, and we talk about it, and it's great. It's really life giving. I know it's blessed me and tons of other people. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there there are challenges, but hey, we can get around this, and I think together uh, we're going to come through this stronger. We're going to learn. Uh, a few things about ourselves and about, uh, you know, what God has for us in this next season. So I'm really excited about it. So I'm going to challenge you, uh, listeners, uh, you know, definitely spend some time with God every day. And here's a question. Here's the question that I want you to be asking. Here's a question that we really want you to dig into and to really listen to God for. What should I be doing in your kingdom today? That's that's mm. the question that you should be asking God. What should I be doing in your kingdom today, God? Uh, let's not, not lose sight that we the church is a people, so that means each and every one of us need to be involved. So yeah. that's all the time we have for today. We want to thank you so much for tuning in once again to, uh, today with us and joining us through this conversation and this content. Uh, you know, if you, you find this content valuable, we, we want to encourage you to share it uh, with other people. I know a lot of you guys are using it for small group content uh, or, or for just general discussion and whatnot. So uh, thank you all for, for just your constant encouragement. You guys have been such a blessing. Uh, you can catch all our content on Apple Podcast, uh, Google, uh, Stitcher, uh, wherever you get your podcast content. We love you all. God bless.